You're listening to Chameleon Church. Biblical antidotes for the modern man. With your host, Ellen Aguirre. Hey, uh, my name is Alan Aguirre. I'm the host of the Chameleon Church Show. It's Tuesday morning. It is the first. It's 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 the first Tuesday of October. Um, so if you're new, hey, if you're new, I know there. I know there's a lot of new people out there. Thank you for uh, joining us. Thank you for uh, spending your coffee time. If you drink coffee or your tea with us, uh, and if you're watching later. Um, Hey, how's it going? Hope you're having an amazing day wherever you are. We know we know we've got some new viewers from all from all over the world, literally, and um, very excited to have you. Um, but hey, it's so you've heard if you if you've been around, you you hear me talk about oh my gosh, you know it's I'll, I'll say what day it is, and it, and it just blows my mind how the calendar just keeps on chugging forward. You know, when I talk about further up and further in, I'm not really talking about time. We need time to slow down a little bit, right? But if it wasn't for time speeding up, even the elect would be deceived. But it's just moving so stinking fast. And I sh I've shared before how when we would go on tour with our band, would leave, you know, in uh, March or something, March or April, and we wouldn't come back. Oh, see, I'm frozen already. This is, a, oh, there we go. It's a phenomenon that happens with these two different softwares that I'm using. And this is the only time it freezes. And so if I freeze if I do one of those, just give me a second and I'll fix it. You'll still be able to hear the audio. Hopefully, it won't be like a very distasteful face grab that happens. Hey, it's live. What can I tell you? So, but I'll talk about how we would leave like in March to go on tour and would come back and it'd be November and the whole year has been gone. But I mean, we were out and about. Well, I can't believe it's been two years um, since the word of uh, enough, the enough word was given to me live on this show two years ago. Uh, I, I can't believe that's been two years already. I mean, that's just, that's, that's just doesn't make any sense. That's insane. And a couple weeks ago on a rude awakening Shabbat night live, we discussed that word and they even gave you a link uh, on where to go and find that word and where you could go watch it. It's on the chameleon church Facebook page. And, um, and if you're on Facebook, hello, welcome. Uh, Facebook is working, I think, enough for us to be here. And uh, let me just say hello to everybody because I don't know if everybody if everything's working. But we should be on two different Facebook platforms right now and the Chameleon Church YouTube page. So I'm, I'm sorry. I think we broke the Internet on Sunday night. Uh, my wife and I watched the Hunger Games, and it's just a little too close to you – know, a little, little too close to, uh, you know – all right. Uh, it's just a little too close to what's going on out there. And I think we might have broken the Internet and we woke up on Monday and there's no Facebook. That's the constant in our life. Facebook never goes down. That's what they said from the very beginning. So anyway, it was a little weird to find that on. So to wake up to that. So it's October. It's been two years since the enough word if you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's like a five-minute clip from uh, October of 2019. And it's a little crazy what's what's happened since then and what's happening now. Uh, it really is a time uh, for us to – well, hopefully, we were already in the stream of God's 
will when it comes to uh, kingdom lifestyle, preparedness, kingdom e- economics, um, walking in the spirit, knowing how to walk in the spirit, uh, understanding that this is spiritual and that the physical realm that we, that the the physical realm, that this physical realm is uh, literally a manifestation of what is occurring in the spiritual realm. If you don't know that, I'm not quite sure how you didn't, no one told you that or taught you that, but I, I know there's people out there that, are missing these pieces, which is why we exist, which is why Chameleon Church exists, which is why we create the resources that we create. And this is why we talk to you a, a few times a week live to help you, uh, to equip you. We're an equipping ministry. We're here to help you understand these things that this is going on. I know there's a lot of people out there that don't necessarily know that, but the physical realm is a manifestation of the spiritual realm, whether that's manifested in your, your I mean, your day-to-day life, it's, all, it's manifesting in the world around you, whether you know it or not. Uh, your marriage, your friendships, your relationships, your business, your job, your children. There's a lot of pieces there moving, a lot of moving pieces there. And so we want to make sure that you are fully equipped for the task of walking out this life here on earth as it is in heaven. And that's going to require your ability to do what the New Testament teaches us, and that's to walk in the Spirit, not in the flesh. Process in the Spirit, not in the flesh. Leaning not on your own understanding or in your practical reasoning, but leaning on the sovereignty of God in the Spirit. So that when Jesus says, I'm going, sorry, apparently a lot of, some of, uh, not not you guys, I, I know it's not you guys, but there's people out there that are infatuated with the sacred name movement cult and uh, insist that you call Jesus all sorts of different things. I don't have a problem calling him Yeshua, but then there's like people that say Yeshua have a problem with Yeshua or Jesus. And then what was the other one from last night? I, I always forget it because it's just ridiculous. How many Y's and W's and H's can we throw into this guy's name? Yeah. Anyway, we were trying to equip you and help you so that when Yeshua says, I'm going to Jerusalem and they're going to kill me, we don't go, no, Lord, no way. We're not going to let that happen because we don't want, we don't want Jesus or Yeshua to look at us and say, get behind me, Satan. And what Yeshua, I can't believe I'm, I'm actually having to play this game with you guys, uh, with some of you. And what Yeshua is actually saying there is, you're not, and he tells you, like a verse later, he explains it. You're not thinking with God's thoughts. You're thinking with your own human thoughts. And, be, and he called that demonic. We need to get to the place where we are not processing, we're not navigating our everyday life with our human thoughts, but that we're navigating everyday life with God's thoughts, with his process, with his will. See, that's how you start walking out his will. That's how you live out his will. That's how you do this thing. And that's what we're here for, to to help you with that stuff. Um, hey, uh, we're gonna we're we're not there yet, but at the top of the hour, uh, we're gonna you know we play a little bit of little adverts. Got to pay the bills, but be, but before that, let's bring in our 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 our, our co-host, little Pastor Leonard Parada. This is the guy you flame mail when you have a problem with Alan Aguirre. You send him the email, and it's good morning. morning. We could care less at uh, Lenny dot com. Is that is that the email? Something like that. How's it going, yeah. Lenny? Send me your emails. <laughs> Send me your broken. Send me your weary. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. 
Oh man, how you doing? You doing good? Doing really good. So we just got through with the fall feast. We just got yeah. through Sukkot. We had a couple Sabbaths last week. Uh, high Sabbath. How was how was how was the end of the ending? The wrapping up your of your fall feast. Really good, except I botched on my shofar. <laughs> my wife was cracking up the last day I blew it. I'm going, what okay. happened here? I got to practice that thing. Dude, I but the dogs, the dogs were in league with me, man. They were howling like crazy. Dude, I suck. We at had that. a great time. We had a. It was really impactful because my grandkids got to participate. That's I'm. That says oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That, awesome. that just says that they were. It was a highlight for them. Nice. And we were asking God, Lord, how can we this year? They're really impressionable. Yeah. And boy, they had fun. They just had a blast. And they they connected it with God. That's nice, what's, nice. what's important. Nice. Yeah, we had a nice little, um, you know, high Sabbath gathering here at the house. Um, the synth shofar patch. That's awesome. There's an actual shofar app. I don't even. I, I think I still have it. But uh, yeah, we had a nice Shabbat gathering here on on Wednesday night with uh, the kids and the grandkids, and uh, they brought some. They invited some friends over. Um, so I live in Utah. So some of these people w- that we uh, work with are, uh, you know, former um, LDS. This uh, one, of these, this guy, this guy was the oldest of thirty children. Has four or five moms. Polygamous, yeah. Uh, came from a polygamous family. Uh, so yeah, we, you know, a lot of people don't realize that we we actually literally do deal with that here in Utah. Hey, they're more open than a lot of. It's the greatest thing. I love it. And a lot of people freak out. They're like, oh my gosh, what are you talking about? How is that possible? Well, you know, it's a thing called life on planet Earth. And uh, that's one of the things that happens here on Earth. Did you hear that? Check it out. Why isn't it working now? I missed that. It's a, are you missing it? Like a I used to get trash for talking to him or. Oh, oh, the polygamous? Oh, yeah. Here, here, check it out. It's not working. Can you hear that? Yeah. It's my, uh, it's my shofar app. I don't even know how to use it because I don't use it. Anyway, I just wasted how many? <laughs> 30 seconds. Hey, at least I'm not talking about Jesus speaking in tongues for 68 seconds and breaking uh, people's brains. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, hey, it's the Chameleon Church Show. Uh, it's unscripted. We don't know what the heck we're going to talk about. Literally, we have no idea what we're going to talk about. And we do this every Tuesday, and God shows up. And uh, hey, it's, it's what we do. We've been doing it for like three and a half years. I'm, again, my name is Alan Aguirre, coming to you live and direct from the Wasatch back. Northern Utah and Lenny Prada co-host. So Lenny, Lenny's a, a vineyard pastor. He married my wife and I back in 1988. So we're about to we're about to celebrate our 33rd wedding anniversary in a in a couple weeks here. Yeah, isn't that, isn't wow. that crazy? 33, 33, yeah, 33. Wow, wow, wow. That's great. That's a that's a that's a bit there, eh? It's a good run. End of a uh, yeah, we had a end of end of uh, Sukkot. Good the fall. Can you believe the feasts are gone? It's like the feast season's already gone. Now we've got what? How many months? Four months or so? Yep. 
No, more, a little bit more than that. Like six months, isn't it? Let me see. October, November, December, January, February, March. Yeah, a little bit over. So we got about six months of now practicing what we've learned the last six months. Uh, literally to practice what we've learned. And in the in between now and then, Passover, we will have, um, besides our weekly reboot of Shabbat and our monthly reboot with the, with the, the new moon, uh, we're going to have Hanukkah. We do Hanukkah. We do Hanukkah. Look for the new moon. Look for the new moon this Thursday. Already? Yep. I just got hey. it from Devorah's date tree in Jerusalem. Wow. I, I'm they so busy. Yeah. I'm so busy. I don't even know where we're at. Oh, I mean, I have, I have an app that'll alert me, but yeah. Yeah. If only somebody made a calendar to keep track. <laughs> hey, we have, we will, you can have one. Just go to planetbluemedia.com. And uh, so then, yeah, so we do, we do Hanukkah because Jesus was in Jerusalem for the feast of Hanukkah, for, the, for that feast of dedication in Jerusalem. It says so. And he only went to Jerusalem during the feast because he lived out in the Galilee. And uh, what else? And we do Purim because, you know, because you should. I need more coffee. Hey, we have my friend uh, Chris Rosentrader with us this morning. Uh, my dear brother, he used to be a drummer in one of my bands, and he's highly prophetic. And uh, it's always a good chat with Chris. He brings a perspective that's – it's good. It's good. And so I think he's watched some of the Rude Awakening shows. This, this, I think so. We should – you know, we'll get his – we'll pick his brain because he comes from – it's like he's 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 uh, – we'll let him explain it because it's – I love this guy. So – Remember we were talking about how so last night we had a great we had a great devotional last night. It was it was it was awesome. It was good. And we talked about some of the stuff. So um we we talked about how a lot of these Torah observing observant observant people are borderline sacred name, which is a cult, and they don't like Christians. They're literally anti-Christian. And there's actually a comment on there saying somebody commented, We're afraid that based on what Alan Aguirre was saying about speaking in tongues and saying Jesus, that all these Torah people might go back to church. <laughs> I can't handle it. I can't with these people. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh man. Well, Chris would be one of those guys, and I would rather have him in my foxhole and to my right side and on my back than the majority of Torah people. Now, we're fortunate, though, because a lot of you watching aren't like that. I know that already. And those of you buying the resource, you're not like that. So I, it's not like I just want to sit here and complain and complain. No, 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 no. What we do is we talk about this stuff because this is a real world scenario. Because whether you know a lot of a lot of people don't go to church because they don't they don't have a Torah church to go to. Well, that's not to me. That's not good enough an excuse for you not to be in fellowship. You know, and see if you let's put your money where your mouth not not your money and your mouth, but let's put their money where their mouth is. If you're afraid if if you're if you don't believe Christians are actually saved because they're not doing things like you, shouldn't you be trying to? teach them or lead them into understanding and how are you going to do that from the safety of your mom's basement <laughs> you know because right <laughs> aren't these people like gamers or something you're watching the chameleon church show be sure to like be sure to share be sure to leave a comment be sure to 
subscribe wherever you're at on whatever platform be sure to do all that uh social media stuff it helps with the algorithm and you know maybe we hopefully we won't break the algorithm and uh blah 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 but let's bring lenny and this is our my my dear friend chris so it's like you know i can't it makes me incredibly angry that people of faith that are supposed to know better because they're in torah would actually they they hate Christians and they hate anything to do with Christianity, and and they don't believe like oh if you're not if you're not doing Torah like me, right? Because here's what they don't understand. There's there's, there's so many missing pieces there. Here's what they don't understand. Um, for example, Chris, um, you some you don't eat clean. I mean, do you mind if I use you as an example? <laughs> you don't eat clean. Oh, do you mind if I humiliate you in front of these 14 people that are watching right now? Oh, oh no, no. No, that's not what, you know, that's not what I'm trying to do. I love you. Thank you. Know, I love you. Oh, I go love ahead. You. I, I can take it. I know that. That's why, yeah, I know that. So, Chris, you don't eat clean all the time. No. Okay, and you don't necessarily keep the biblical Sabbath. I don't do it. Yeah, I don't do it like you, and I don't think it's, I'm not interested. It's more like I'm lazy. Okay, and and you don't necessarily keep all the feasts. No. Okay. Do you kill people? I um, can't remember the last time I did that. No. How about how about lie, steal, cheat, unfaithful to your wife, uh, mm. drunkard? See, there's a whole bunch of other stuff on the Torah list, and that's yeah. what these, that's what these people don't understand. Okay, I understand. Did you want to say something? Oh, uh, well, congrats on 33, and I on being married 33 years oh thanks but i'm on the on the fidelity faithfulness still my 25th anniversary today oh today happy anniversary uh crossing a milestone so yeah i was writing a card this morning to steph and i just like you know how it is oh yeah i heard it it's like it's like you you know when you, you come to a certain age we talk to our kids about this when it's your birthday and it, you, you get over it. It's like, whatever. But I don't want to feel about, feel like that about marriage. I'm writing it in the car this morning. I'm like, man, what do you, what do you say that you haven't said? Or like, and I, yeah. and I, the word I just had is, is faithful. Thank her for being faithful to me. Yeah. Cause it, I, I mean, I'm, I'm amazed at that. And I know so I'm, I'm reflecting on that this morning so I can relate when you're talking about 33 yeah. years and it, my, it goes like, it goes like that in some ways. And then in others, it's like there, I don't, I don't even understand how anyone, I mean, you could say this about any, any facet of life, how anyone goes through life without knowing Jesus I know, right? My, and, my, and my, marriage, my, marriage is hard enough knowing him. And so I'm just, I'm, I have a grateful heart today. So well, that's I'm here for you. Oh, thanks. My card says you're welcome for my faithfulness. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So, and see, and this is what, this is the P. I mean, is it really that difficult to comprehend that? Okay, brother, sister, and because, right, you believe that Jesus, that Yeshua, that the Son of God, Messiah of Israel is the Messiah, right? And that he died on the cross where he died on Golgotha. He was executed on a stake. See, I'm using all the vernacular to make sure I don't upset anybody, uh, right? On Calvary, on Golgotha. And he rose from the dead on the third day for, and his blood cleanses us from our sin. 
right? Apparently that's, apparently that's not enough because unless you say his name a certain way and unless you eat clean 100% of the time, and unless you keep the biblical Sabbath and unless you keep his feasts, you're not a Christian. So the other 80% of the Torah you do keep isn't good enough for them because they keep another 10% that you don't or whatever the percentage may be. I'm making up those numbers, but you get my gist, right? I mean – Literally, that's what they're doing. And so they they demonize you. They demonize, see, I can go to church anytime I want, whether it's a Sunday or a or Tuesday, but I also keep the biblical Sabbath. That's the key. That's the point there. I'm, I don't demonize Sunday church. I don't demonize Christians that don't understand where I'm coming from. Here's the thing. You know what? Because these same Muppets that are, that are, are, are literally saying those ugly things about people like you are – they can't heal. They can't. They can't anoint their children with oil and lay hands on their kids and heal their their, their own children or their wives. They can't heal the sick. Let's just start there, you know. And uh, it's like, so what's the? You know, what I'm saying it's the same difference. Okay, so so you don't eat pork. Woohoo! You can't heal the sick or cast out demons. I can do both. You know, what's then? What, what what's um? You better you better raise your game. I mean. You can't demonize each other across the, the, the aisle. You can't do that. I know you don't. We're not respecters of persons. Why are they okay to be? Oh, it's okay for you to be a respecter of persons because you keep Torah the way you keep Torah. Oh, I see. You know what? Jesus hated that. Paul taught against that. That's what the Pharisees did. And they don't understand that. When you have a religious spirit, when you're deceived by a religious spirit, you don't know that you're deceived by a religious spirit. And it just, it makes me mad, man. It pisses me off. Because you know what? How the heck are you supposed to come? See, we're all about loving people into a right relationship with Jesus. You know, both of you men know me more than 15, 20, 30 years, right? Both of you know that we work with homosexuals, transgenders, homeless, drug addicts, uh, atheists. Um, you know what I'm saying? You guys know we Christians. Christians. <laughs> <laughs> Those disobedient to their parents. Right. Fornicators. Yeah. You guys know that we work, that we, we have a hands-on life with these type of people. How am I... How am I supposed to bring a non-believing, let's say, uh, homosexual to faith in Messiah, let alone Torah, when I've got a Torah guy right here picking up stones to stone him? Do you see what I'm saying? Mm. Yeah. They make my job a lot harder. And I'd rather, you know... I, I shared on Rude Awakening a couple years ago when we were promoting uh, this thing as spiritual. I, I, sh I mentioned how, you know, we, we pray, we, you know, in Spyglass Blue in the early 2000s, we played um, uh, a lesbian bar on the Lower East Side. And people were like, why were you even in that place? I'm like, wow, you're a special kind of stupid. Why do you think I was playing a lesbian bar on the Lower East Side? You Muppet, because we're bringing the gospel of Jesus, the gospel of Yeshua, we're bringing life, light into a dark place. Doesn't Jesus tell us to do that? Doesn't the gospel narrative tell us to do that? Of course it does. But you know, I guarantee you, they're not doing that. Nope. Anyway, I'm. I, 
I get this this stuff upsets me. It makes me mad because I've been dealing I've been dealing with this nonsense for like 40 years and it doesn't end. It doesn't stop. You know? And they just add all, you know, the whole sacred name piece is just like I want to you know, I've been dealing with that sacred name crap for 30 years. And I I guarantee you it's been longer than they've even knew the word Yeshua or Yahshua or whatever, you know what I'm saying? And I just want to grab him by the throat. I, I just want to punch him in the throat, literally, you know? It's like, no, this is, this is so beyond your pay grade. You don't know what you're talking about. And, you're, and you, you, you know what? You're just a fool. Stop being a fool. Grow up enough. It's time to mature. Two years ago. Can you believe that's been two years already? I, I can't believe that. Oh, my goodness. All right. That's not what I want to talk about. I don't want to just sit here and rag on these people. Um, okay, so Chris, so Lenny, Lenny's got some great stuff on Ephesians six. He, he's going to share with us. Nice. And um, and you've been watching some of these uh, rude awakenings. Yeah, I watched them. I watched watched each of them, and I watched the ones last. I I like it. It's fun. Yeah. You go into professional mode, right? My, my yeah, dad the, the nice tie. Uh, by the way, you are looking very Oliver Twist today. I like it. I oh, like thank it. you, thank you, thank you. Apparently, and, and the suit apparently and the preview that I'm going to be wearing on Friday is spot on, man. Mm, <laughs> that's good. So my my dad watched before he died earlier this year. He watched the other couple roots that I was on, and he goes, "I've never seen you like that before." He goes, what do you mean? He goes, you could tell you were thinking, trying, you were, you could tell you were thinking, trying not to offend anybody. <laughs> I go, yeah, yeah. I, th- I don't know if you're becoming more aware of it or working on the presentation, but yeah, I think it's, it's, uh, what's the word? I think I texted you. Um, it feels like you're laying down your personal preference for the gospel. About time. <laughs> About time. <laughs> and I and and probably a lot of people seeing you for the first time wouldn't understand that or could could but yeah, I, I like it. You keep keep fighting, bro. Thanks. So if you've watched the show with any regularity, you've heard me say stuff like, You're lucky. You get to deal with the twenty twenty one version of me. Whereas imagine the guy that had to deal with the nineteen ninety five, ninety six, ninety seven version of me. Well, Chris was that guy. <laughs> yeah, you haven't said the word Muppets yet on Rude. No, no. You'd say Muppets or like, yeah. I try to, I'm trying to play nice. Mm-hmm. And then these, I don't understand how people don't, I don't know. Anyway, I don't want to go back there. Well, let me, let me, did you want Lenny to go first on Ephesians 6? I don't know. Well, you got something? Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I'll just give you my perspective because, because, like you said, I'm not fully immersed like you, but highly interested. I'm, I'm. It's such a mind bender to me. Like I just didn't grow up with it, and so I know there's truth there, and I know it's real. And I've been reading the last couple months. I've do, been doing all my reading in the. Uh, my dad left me. I got all his books, so complete Jewish Bible. So it's just reading all the stuff I always read, but and it's, it's different. Just reading, reading it in that translation, and giving up. You know, been trying to wean myself off pork, 
but it feels it feels rules based. It feels what? Rules based. Like I'm going to stop eating pork, and I know I already know that I'm supposed to do that because my doctor's telling me that. But well, but but here's what I want in my life is the power, right? That Jesus exhibited when when that that illustration when when they're. The disciples are trying to cast out the spirits and they're like, what's up? We're doing all the right stuff. Right. What? Like we're following the rules and he's like prayer and fasting. Yeah. And he could, the, the woman grabs his robe, grab, grabs his cloak, instantly healed. He's just healing right and left. The last two chapters in John, it says this twice. Uh, I, already, I was familiar with the, with the verse in the last chapter of John, where it says he did so much more that not even all the books could contain him. Yeah. Well, I noticed last week, week reading John, it says that twice. It says it in the last chapter and the next to last chapter. So that means it's important. Yeah. He's reemphasizing the point. He was doing so much work all the time. He's always doing miracles and he's doing them now because he's alive and well. He did one now. He just did another one. He just did another one. He just did another one. And he was doing that because he had this communion with the father that was all the time. Yeah. He was living Torah. And that's, that's what I want in my life. Uh, you could call it abiding in him. That's what it's called. Re, re, being, be, remaining in the vine, be, looking at that joint between the trunk and the branch. How do I stay attached? How do I stay attached? Because I, because it's not like I want to get to heaven. Yes, I want to get to heaven. It's not so that I I know blessing and favor. Yes, I want that. It's no, I want the power. I want to know as much power of Yahweh in my life that is possible. And so that's that's the angle, not the angle. That's why I know what you're saying is true. Yeah. And how and here's and here's the thing that I think that you you're hitting against when you say the word day and the church and when you're talking about the people you're fighting against and that's the worst way to say it because I can identify with it a little bit. It's like, what do I do now? Yeah. Like, oh, so now I like keep this list of rules and then you're always fighting that scripture. We did a late way with the law. It's just really hard to go. Okay. Well, if I stop eating pork, then what? Like you could just pile it on and pile it on and pile it on. And I think people like me and people in the church need to know like, okay, what is it? What do I have to do? But then you start talking about the do's and don'ts. And so and then you lose the heart of the message. And that that's just my, right. I can, I can see why people have trouble with it growing up in the church. Right. right. Well, um, let me, let me touch on a couple things here. Cause what you, what you, what you just said is gold, absolute gold. It's not rules based, mm. and the reason why. But here's right. So let me let me unpack that for about forty five seconds. It's not rules based. It's obedience based. Now Christianity teaches and tells us to obey, but they don't lay it out. They don't actually give us the 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 how to or the outline on how to obey. Right? They don't. They literally don't. They, the Ten Commandments is all they've got. So here's the thing. Here's why it would look rules-based to Christians. This is why it looks rules-based to all of us. Because you got to remember, we if you're 90, what, 95% of Torah observers came from Christianity. They, they, were that, they went that route first, right? So we've all been through this process. 
Here's why it looks rule-based. It looks and feels rules-based because unlike Christianity that just says obey but doesn't actually literally give you a guideline or a guide or an outline on how to obey that obey, how how to do that, we now actually have the outline. We now actually have that list. And so we're looking at this list and we go, oh, this is rules-based. No, it's obedience. We're just, we just know what to do now. Now we know how to obey. And then so that what so so now we have a little tug of war with our flesh because our that's not what our flesh does not want to submit and obey. That's what happened in the garden. That's the whole issue in the garden with Adam and Eve. Obedience. All um, this is yours. Just don't touch that. Yeah. The most in, the most impactful thing you said to me about this was you were staying at my house, I don't know, two or three years ago. And you and, and you say this in your book is the part about having dinner with your family every night and saying a blessing over yeah. each family member in front of each other. So the kids see you blessing your wife, blessing my wife, we're blessing each kid and that that's powerful. And that's just not something if you're doing Christianity or you're doing your normal thing, it's very rare that even a Christian family sits down. I mean, you got soccer practice. My, my, my daughter plays volleyball. It's hard. And you can see how things that seem so normal in our world can deteriorate the family life. Ending each other and praying for each other is something that can just get lost in normal. Like no, normal, my normal church upbringing didn't talk about that. Right. And I actually did a little poll while I was writing that. Hey, do you guys ever remember growing up with your parents praying over you and leading you in communion? They're like, no, 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 no. I'm like, wow, this is a, this is a thing. This is an issue. Uh, so, again, not only is it obedience-based versus rules-based, because right, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Well, how do I love you? I, I need to be taught how to love. Remember, believe, belong, behave versus believe, behave, belong. Right? I'm gonna. He's gonna teach us how to how to obey him so that we can love him well. And then you add the whole Deuteronomy six piece to it, and we've talked about that. Oh, we're gonna be doing this stuff so that our kids one day will ask us, "Why do we do this, Dad? Why do we do this, Dad?" Yeah. Well, because God delivered us from Egypt, man, and he brought us to a good place and he and he wants us to live and he wants us to have a good life and he he's always for us. And and if we live like this, it'll go well for us and for you and your son, son. I know just my own mistakes, one of the things that is the primary duty of the shepherd is to teach people how to hear his voice and not my voice. That's why we never learned these things. We taught people how to hear our own voice rather than the voice of the king. And when he says, if you really love me, you'll keep my commandments. Hmm. And that should melt our heart right there. Do you love me? And, you know, Paul would later on say, find out what pleases the Lord. And it's to love him with everything. To, it's that recovery of the first commandment, to love the Lord and God with our whole heart, mind, soul, and strength. 
those are those are just foundational things but those are the things of discipleship that we haven't taught people just like when you're talking about genesis 6 yeah it's how do i put this um one of the things i think that we're discovering right at these latter times before messiah returns before jesus gets on that white horse what we see the prophetic doing and preparing people for his return is really knowing what the function of the church is and the purpose of the church. And Paul says something very, very interesting. If you want to know that Ephesians 6, you have to really understand what Paul laid down in the foundation. And no one, they usually glance over this. And um, again, it'll cause you to read the book of Ephesians with all new eyes. If you And remember, there's a backstory. Romans tells us we were grafted in. You get to Galatians, it tells us we're one new man. Now it says we're part of that commonwealth. And listen to these words right here. This is Paul. He said he's been given a stewardship of a special grace from God to make a mystery known. And listen to what he says here. When you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Messiah. He says, it was not made known to the sons of men in other generations, but now it has been revealed to his holy angels first. They didn't even know. And prophets by the Spirit. And this happened when he was alive. This mystery is that the Gentiles would be fellow heirs. They would be members of this same body. What was the body? Israel. He just, he spent two other books talking to the Gentiles and the Hebrews, telling them they're part of it, man. They're grafted in. And they're going to be partakers of the promise of Messiah. That has to do with all the covenants. And he says, this is through this good news I'm about ready to give you. We make the word gospel irrelevant, just like we use the word Christianity and make it irrelevant. Remember, gospel is the whole good news of Messiah. It's more than, we try to say it's this, 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 and this. (laughs) Listen to this. So he said, according to this grace that was given to me, this grace was given to preach this to the Gentiles, these unsearchable riches of Messiah, and to bring this light to everyone, what the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God himself, who created all things, that through the church, his gathering, his people, Forget everything you think you know about church and what we grew up in the building and the steeple and all the other things. His church, his people that are gathered to him. The manifold wisdom of God that it might be made known through this church to the rulers, authorities in the heavenly places. This was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Messiah for all of you. So the church has an eternal purpose. We break it down. Well, there's an earthly purpose and there's a, a family purpose. No, there was one purpose, an eternal purpose. And it's that through the wisdom of God, the power and grace that he's given would be established to 
make known to the principalities and powers who the Messiah is through the authority he's given to us. That's the only way you're going to understand Ephesians 6, where it says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers, and darkness. And it seems like nobody sees that, that the the wisdom that's supposed to be demonstrated by the church is them understanding this reality that it's more of a cosmic warfare than we've ever known, that it was Yeshua coming back to take all of creation we're the we're the not just a byproduct. I don't want to say that we have the benefit of being grafted in and being part of that family to do this, to accomplish this. And the church hasn't been taught what the eternal purpose is and what its purpose is all about. We think we can break it down to so many different places, and that's what we usually do. And we forgot the main thing. You know what? The main thing is usually the plain thing. And it's all the way through, and it has to do with Messiah. It starts with him. It starts with his love for us, but it also has to do with us having the understanding that that grace is more than just that we have to defend our freedoms now. We're losing our freedoms as in Christianity in this world. Well, I always thought this world was not our home. And that's not to mean that we're not supposed to be kind and all this, but we've misplaced our priorities because we haven't been taught them correctly. And we have to realize that we're children of eternity. We don't know that. We, we've forgotten a lot of that. We, we use little euphemisms like, oh, uh, you're so eternally minded that you're no earthly good. That is a heresy. That is just plain stupid. That, and I, I've heard that so many times. You, you don't understand the, the, the force of God's Torah if you look at things like that. There's no difference. We're, we're heavenly creatures. We're eternal creatures. We've been given that. If we don't, we won't know how to operate in it. And he's given us gifts to know that. You want to know something that says that in John 25, the, the very last chapter, the world couldn't contain it. So if Paul says that you speak to God in mysteries and he understands you, you don't think Jesus spoke to his father? You think he used English? You think he used Hebrew? I guarantee you Paul wouldn't have written that if it, it wasn't valid. Oh, that's only for the human being. It doesn't say that. So no, it wasn't. It didn't actually say that in text. But it's life. It's in there. We don't know all the things that he did and didn't do. But I guarantee you, if Paul had the understanding that he said, you know what? He goes, I speak in tongues more than you all. And he uh -huh. goes, speaking in tongues is this incredible relationship that he has given you to talk to him. You don't think Jesus did that? Oh, foolish people. Yeah, he said that I speak in, I'm, he goes, man, I speak in tongues more than all of you. I, I want you to prophesy, but I want you to speak in tongues too. You know, it, it wasn't like one or the other. Hey, look, we've got a, this is the new name, Laura. We don't know who you are. Welcome to the Chameleon Church Show. You've been with us for 45 minutes and we haven't scared you yet. I love it. Do you understand what is being said when you speak in tongues? I've never experienced this and am legit curious. Um, let's all, let's go around the table. Uh, Lenny, do you understand what is being said when you speak in tongues? No, not unless there's an interpretation, if it's within the context of me speaking it in an assembly. 
but it's when it's just me, I know that I'm speaking praises and my heart to the Father, because that's what Paul tells me I'm doing. So then you un- so you understand when you speak in tongues. When I speak in tongues, do I understand what I'm saying? Yeah. No. Okay. But you know you're giving praise and worship to the Father. Exactly. Okay. And I, what does it say in Jude 2, speaking in your most holy face? Same thing, glossolalia. He's, he's saying the same thing. He, you're speaking things of faith to the Father. There's different applications of it. Yeah. Um, Chris? I think I'm thinking that scripture and it's one that's helped me is I pray with my spirit and I pray with my mind. Yep. And so, and Romans eight. So I would maybe do a study on just, I mean, not a study. What would you say? Just look up scriptures on the mind, because I think there's a way that our mind engages with our heart and spirit. That is a mystery. Um, and then um, Romans eight, he prays for us with groans that words cannot express. Right. So when I'm praying in tongues, I'm thinking of that and, and I'll go back and forth between English and just whatever. Um, there's, but I'm letting the spirit lead me. And then I'm, especially if I don't know what I should pray. Cause it's, it says when we don't know what to pray yeah. for, like we yes. ought, he yeah. intercedes with groans. And so I'm, I say, God, I pray your will. I pray with your groaning. I don't know how to pray. And then when I when my words start going, non-English words, and, I, and I'm a musician too, so I, I've had this experience playing the drums. Like there's this moment sometimes when, I, when I'm playing where, the, and if I'm playing with others, we're playing something that we have never rehearsed and has never happened. And I'm like, oh, this is the song of the Lord. Yep. What's happening? Um, what's the verse? Psalm 42, 8. Is that the one where it says uh, the... Uh, God's song in the night is yeah. my, and then is my prayer. And Paul so there's, says there's, spiritual songs too. Yeah. There's a prayer song that God is already singing. That's a prayer that we can play that he gives us. So that's how I connect it with the yeah. musical gift. But in the, in the speaking in tongues gift, once, once God is bringing things to their mind, I, I'm like, bada, bada, bada. Oh, bless my children is happening in my mind. And I feel like I'm I'm asking God for the prayers and asking God what He's praying and just going full force, like I would play drums, like I'm not leaving anything back. Do what you will with this music. Do what you will with my tongue, but I'm giving it to you. And it's really to me, it's a heart thing. And then yeah. pray. I pray with my spirit and engage with my mind, and it's that kind right. of interplay. That's how it works for me. Tim says. I have a sense of the subject that is being prayed about. I think that's a good way to put it. So, for example, if I'm inter- if I'm interceding, it's a certain tongue that comes out of my mouth. If I'm doing warfare, it's a different tongue that comes out of my mouth. So I've got I think I have like 3, maybe 4 different tongues. But one but I know for a fact one is definitely warfare, one is intercession, and then one is, you know, worship and praise and i i i would say i i like the way tim is saying it. i have a, i have a sense of what it is that i'm i'm saying and what i'm praying and what i'm what i'm actually saying and praying yeah 
the, the there's a, one of the higher gifts is uh, or one of the greater gifts. So that's the term Paul uses is the interpretation of tongues. And um, I've I don't think I've ever interpreted. I think maybe I've maybe once, but I don't have the gift of interpretation of tongues. I think Shondell has had more of an of of the gift of interpretation of tongues than 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 you know. Uh, that's, that's my oldest daughter. Yeah, it's um. But like, my wife is my wife has been there with that too. Yeah, but it's like I explained on Rude Awakening on Friday night. Just because I haven't raised the dead doesn't mean I don't believe that it's possible. It does sound like I, I'm going to discredit or disregard or throw it away or or ignore it because I haven't done it. Just because I can't say, oh yeah, and a lot of people do that. A lot of people say, well, I don't speak in tongues, so it's not for today. God hasn't. No, it has nothing to do with God. It has to do with the, are, have, are you aligning yourself? You know, if it says to seek out and pursue, those are the words being used regarding the gifts that Paul writes. That's on you, man. That's, you know, and 90% of the people that have a problem with this stuff literally use the same phrase. Well, God hasn't given me that gift yet. God hasn't. God hasn't. God hasn't. Man, you're in trouble, man, because when God does, it's going to be too late. And it's, he's going to look at you and say, why didn't you? And you're going to say, well, because you didn't. And you're going to get spanked, man. He's going to go, bing. No, it's on you. You're supposed to pursue. You're supposed to seek after. You're supposed to go after. You're the one that's supposed to be getting off your lazy religious ass and go and further up and further in. You don't, if you're sitting around waiting for God, it's not going to happen. It doesn't work that way. Paul tells us that. He tells us that in 14. Why don't they he, do what it says? He says, you go go after it. So crazy. All right. Well, we're, before the break, we were going to hit you up, Chris, about what? I forgot. I, I ran over there. I think you're responding to the key. What I talked about. Spiritual warfare, man, like uh, not against flesh and blood. Wasn't there a direct, wasn't there something specific that we were going to talk to you about after the break? You did. I think that was in your head, but I don't think you defined it, what the specific you wanted to talk about. Crap. Uh, It had to do with, oh, your take on, oh, yeah, your take on the spiritual gifts, speaking in tongues, prophecy. Yeah. What's what's your take on this, on, on charismatica? Well, I wasn't raised in it. I was raised Nazarene. Both my grandfathers were Wesleyan ministers. Um, actually, you know, it's probably the, the meme story of a non-charismatic church that someone came in and either spoke in tongues or was trying to force it. Came out of the Jesus movement, walked up to me, put his hand on my shoulder and said, you're going to play drums in my church. And I just, my mind was like, what? Like drums in a church? I grew up with an organ, <laughs> organ and, a, you know, piano. We grew up with gospel music, traditional gospel music in the house, but just playing rock and roll in the church was not a thing. And so he is, was a mild charismatic church. Um, and that was, so that was my exposure to it in high school. And then since then, and then being with Alan, <laughs> was next level and actually Lenny I almost told I almost said this few months back when when I first joined you the first prophetic word ever given to me was from Lenny or I think it was from your wife that night in Park City when we were on tour there I have it written down in the front flap of my old NIV Bible that I've had for 30 years 
where there was a word given to each of the band members. Mine was the heart. And since, I mean, I'm, countless, countless words have been similar to that given to me. Um, and so that was, that was my first, another mind blowing with Lenny. And then, um, but now I've, I've full, full on embraced it. I mean, there's still things that are like out there for me. Like, I'm like, Oh wow. I don't know about that. But I think I'm with you, Alan. Like, man, I've never raised someone from the dead. My faith is so meager. You know, I've never healed a blind man, My, but I want it. I want God. I want that power. What I was saying earlier, I want that power in me. And to me, I don't see ways that that power comes to you or maybe say it a different way. I think the more we gain, uh, engage with what is labeled charismatica, which I think is more probably what normal is with Jesus is his teaching. The more that happens, the more obstacles are removed in our faith that allow us to see miracles and allow God to do miracles through, through, through us or let us participate in his works. So yeah, I, I guess that's the nutshell. How much of a deficit must there be in someone's walk to read the gospel accounts of Yeshua speaking the word, speaking Torah, and then backing up that word with signs and wonders, whether that's healing the sick, healing unclean spirits. See, so healing, there's three aspects of healing. Healing the sick, cleansing them from unclean spirits, casting out demons, and then the fourth, raising them from the dead. How much of a deficit do you need to have in your faith or understanding of what it is that you got involved with to read the gospel account, the gospel accounts of the model of Yeshua preaching the Torah, preaching the word, and then backing it up with signs and wonders, healing, casting out demons, opening eyes, uh, the lame walk as, as proof of his spiritual authority that he could forgive sins. He raises the lame man right in front of the Pharisees, and they say he's doing it as he, then they call it Condolini, just like we're being accused of doing. And, um, and right. And so this is modeled over and over and over and over and over. When John the Baptist is in prison and he sends his disciples to Yeshua to determine whether or not he's the one they need to, that he's like really the Messiah. He doesn't answer them by saying, yeah. He says, go back to John and tell him the blind see the deaf hear, the lame walk, and the poor get the gospel preached to them. That's what he said as proof that he was indeed Messiah. And then he anoints his disciples. Remember the original 72 and then, and then even more. He anoints them and gives them the power to do what? The same exact thing. And mm -hmm. then, and then, the, and, and it's their job to duplicate it and duplicate it and duplicate it and duplicate it. And here we are. And there are people out there right now that are saying, Alan, that's a red flag. I, I almost wanted to buy a bunch of red flags and put them behind me because everyone's saying, oh, that, there's all these red flags listening to this Alan guy on Rude Awakening, all these red flags. Yeah, there's a red flag in your life when I preached, when I actually speak the gospel 
when I actually teach the Bible, it's a red flag for you. Wow, that's that's concerning for you. But anyway, I I like to sometimes I like to think about it from an opposite direction. Um, I don't know how anyone everyone here feels about A. W. Tozer. Uh, his book Knowledge of the Holy has has done profound work in my heart over the years mm-hmm. because it's the it's the concept of opening our eyes. Uh, the, the four living creatures are staring at the throne yep. forever. Right now, yep. they're set their gaze on Jesus. They are abiding in, with Jesus. And and their awareness, the, the Tozer connection about knowledge of the holy, is if we were in that throne room where all our preconceptions, all our limitations on God, on Jesus, on his holiness, on his power w- will be, would be eliminated. And so the, how I talk to my kids about it is what is our concept of God? What are the limits of God's power? If Jesus wanted to heal a blind man, could he? And if you say no, he couldn't, then you're limiting, you're limiting God's power. If you say are the gifts for today, could, could God heal a person in a wheelchair today? And if you say no, that was for another time, then you've put a limit on God. And any limits and walls you put around God is an idolatry or you trying to be in control. So could God make my tongue speak another language that I had never spoke before? Yeah, he could. Do we believe that? If we say no, he couldn't, then you put a limit on God. And could, so you put a, th- could he put a heavenly language in your mouth to speak that wasn't an earthly language? He could. And so that's that's the heart question to me. How are we, when we're talking about gifts and, and this um, comment from Greg is really great in the chat. He says, the gift is actually the spirit. That's great. You know, the counselor will come. I'm sending you the counselor. He's sending you a gift. That's, that's a, that's a fine point. So like tongues is a manifestation of, right. Of the spirit. That's um, my, I lost my train there for a minute. But, but what I'm saying is when you're talking about charismatica, uh, the question to me is where is your heart? on God's power. Can God do anything he wants at any time he wants? And if the answer is yes, he's probably going to do something that eventually is going to make you uncomfortable or on the threshold of your comfort zone. And how we manage that response or submit that response. I'm going to hold on to this. No, God, that's out of my comfort zone, which means that's not of you because you only act when I'm comfortable. Which is which is a total, you know. Well, that's where the religious spirit comes in. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it is an absolutely <clears throat> tragic and devastating deficit in someone's heart and spirit to believe and confess with their mouth that being like Jesus and doing the works of Jesus and the and having the attributes of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit aren't something that is available to me that God would that God has put an end to that and and that it's not it's it's not for me to do or I'm not able to access that I, I think that's a devastating horrific piece and and uh, and a and an, an absolute demonic broadsiding of, of that individual 
It's not God's spirit that's telling you that. It's not God's spirit that's prompting you to come to those conclusions. It is definitely not the spirit of Elohim. It's not the Ruach HaKodesh that is telling you. You cannot heal the sick. You cannot speak in spiritual languages. You cannot raise the dead. You cannot cast out demons. Apostles and prophets are not alive today. That is a demonic, demonic lie. Because if that's true, then we might as well throw away the entire Bible, not just the scriptures, but the New Testament as well. Because because it's not applicable today, then it's not true. How, how it affects me personally, if I don't say the word they, if I'm saying, okay, how does that, it's, it's a posture of worship. I wake up and I say, my hands are up and I say, God, you are all powerful. Thank you. I'm not in control today. Thank you. You are in control. Thank you that you provided for this thing. Thank you that you healed my daughter. Thank you. Thank you. Help me. Show me the things today where I've limited your holiness in my mind. Yeah. Remove that and identify with you and your suffering. Thank you, because that produces perseverance. God, show me what is in my life that is limiting my sight from gazing at your throne, thereby limiting the power that you are doing that you want to exhibit in my life. And I give it to you. Take my comfort zone. Expand my comfort zone. Show me the things I'm holding on too tight. And and it, it comes down to personal times of worship where it's just, God, I give it to you. I'm not in control. Do what you want today in my life. A religious spirit says, I only can go, I I will only go this far. And that's it. I won't cross this line. And God would never cause me to cross that line because God would never do anything to offend me. Well, if his thoughts are not your thoughts and his ways are not his ways, every revelation of Yeshua should be an offense to you. And if that's not good, if, if, if that's not acceptable to you, you're probably not one of us. So how's God uh, let me put you on the spot? How does God put me on the spot? No, I'm going to put you on the spot with this question. Oh, oh, okay. What's the, comfort zone? what's the comfort zone God is pushing? What's Alan Aguirre's comfort zone that God's pushing? Where oh. do you come most in touch with the religious spirit manifesting in your life? Oh, Alan. religious spirit in my life? Yeah, in Alan's. Like, what is the thing that you are submitting or that you get yeah, God okay, does so in your life? A religious spirit is, is something God would want and desire from me that I don't believe is God. So I'm not going to cooperate with it. Yeah, or where, where, is the, where is your comfort zone with the Lord most show up at? Where be, where does it where does my comfort zone become uncomfortable? Or God's taking you to new territory. What, yeah. what? Well, based on what we're talking about in a religious spirit, like for example, oh, God, God wouldn't have me speak in tongues because that's not biblical, that's not scriptural, or God wouldn't require me to leave my job and go be a missionary in a third world country, right? Things like that. I, I don't have anything like that because I've done everything he's told me. I'm, I'm doing everything. I've done everything he's told me to do, and I continue to do everything he's told me to do. And me saying that is going to piss people off. What's the last? What's the last comfort zone you crossed? That's a good one. Um, the last significant comfort zone I, I crossed was doing ministries walking full time. That was brutal. 
I mean, I was crying. I would cry. I would sob in my garage and tell him, I can't do this. This is too hard. I can't do this. There's, what made it brutal? Why? Uh, I went from making a gazillion dollars a month to making no money a month. And then he tells me to go out and do it on faith and not to charge. Mm. So and it was a financial thing. I'm in, yeah. I'm in a bus with 12 people. I'm in a tour bus with like 10 to 12 people. And I don't know where the money's going to come from tomorrow. I mean, you remember that? Mm, I do. That was brutal. It was like, I can't do this. This is too much. Go get in the bus and go to, go to Los Angeles. Why? Crickets. And then we get there. It's like, what am I supposed to do here now? Crickets. And then, oh, and then he would show us. It was just like the, the amount of faith it would require for us, for me to navigate that. It was, it was, it was brutal. Moving here wasn't hard. Uh, well, okay. What about the two years after the, the Vineyard Church here shut down? And then I showed up at your place, Chris, going, what the heck, you know? Uh, and I was like in limbo for two years. I had no idea what I was supposed to do with my life. And then he told me to write this Facebook and here we are. Um, see, here's the difference between me and most people. I am actively, pers- I actively pursue God's will because I want to know what God's will is as soon as I possibly can know it. So that I, and then I'm, cause so I can run to it and do it. So I don't really have that that obstacle struggle of, well, Alan, what if he told you to, I've done that. I've walked away from a gazillion dollars a month to go be a musicianary. Um, I've, I've walked away from music to do something else. I've left family and I've left, you know what I'm saying? I've never, I don't have a problem with that. Mm. I mean, I know it's a, that's an honest, it's a fair question, and you guys know me. Okay, when was the last time that I did that? <laughs> because Lenny, what's on your mind? He's hit me up two or three times in my life. Times when we've had to make decisions. The one thing I have to say is he has always led me without a lag. Put it that way. When he says, I want you to do something. It has gone against my grain, my nature, when I stopped becoming a senior pastor. And what I had to do, like in Park City, he sat me down and he goes, I'm going to tell you what to do. It's going to offend a lot of people. But he goes, I'm telling you now. And you don't see everything that is going to be happening, but you better obey me. It was one of the hardest things I ever had to do because Alan knows me. I want to please people. And not in a sappy way. I, that's just my nature to love people and let people run over me. And he said, you're not going to do that. I remember Bob Fulton, John Wimber's brother-in-law. He, he took an interest in us when we first came back and it was our second round in Park City, you know, and um, first round was Right fresh off the Jesus movement, man. We started the Calvary Chapel, everything else, turned it into a vineyard. Second round, here we were, a vineyard. And he came up to me and he goes, you know what? God's spanking you because you've given your authority away. And I've always had to learn that lesson. Well, now how does it fit into things? Yeah, I've learned how to love, but now he's saying, you know what? I'm calling you to offend. 
I'm calling you to tell the people to wake up because what's coming is terrifying and you can't coddle them anymore. They have to be on a course for crying out Maranatha. And he goes, they're not going to want to hear it. They're not going to want to hear everything that goes with it. And he goes, that's what I'm calling you to. I've never stopped. And he reminded me of the verse that's over me and my wife, Luke 117. It's an offensive verse. Because you know what? You are telling people to return the hearts of the fathers to the children. You're telling the disobedient, you better get it together and obey God's word. Oh, you're legalistic. Bullshit. Pardon the language. They can't take me off of Facebook for that one. You know what? Doesn't work. And if you're not preparing them for my return, they're going to die. They're going to die spiritually and they're going to die physically. So that's where the religious spirit is a little more different. It's not peace, love, and Bobby Sherman anymore. Yeah, It's like, get it together. And Alan's word, enough. It, it, it just, there's just a connection. That's all I can yeah. say. It's, and the calling is to raise up mescaline. It yeah. is. It's to give a platform to others to say, do you realize who you are and what you're supposed to do? Get doing it. Yeah. It's the voice behind the voice. Yeah. And it's life and death, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, you said spank. Man, I've been spanked. I, cool. I mean, the, uh, the majority of my 80s and early 90s, I was getting spanked because I was in disobedience. I talk about it in this. Uh, it, it, man, I was getting spanked hard, man. Oh, my God. I don't like getting spanked by God. I fear God. So because I fear God, I... I do not want to veer. I do not want to stray. I want to be in alignment, and I want to f- always be going forward. I don't want to stay back or complacent. Well, if he tells me to hold, I hold, obviously. What I'm saying is it's. I don't want to get spanked. I haven't been spanked in a long time. I'd like to avoid it. I'm going to avoid being spanked as, as much as I can. So yes. because of that, I am making sure – uh, that your question doesn't doesn't uh, I, that I that I can't say yeah oh, well you know you know what I'm saying I remember you know I remember going to so we went to a vineyard in Texas the first half of our Texas 18 years this was the worst possible church on earth it was the most demonic church I I, I, oh, I remember remember you calling me off the hook on this dude it, be nice be nice I would that's the church I was at with you yeah uh, yeah yeah that place was brutal anyway and I remember going to the men's meetings, you know, the weekly men's meeting. And I'd go there like every three months I'd show up because it was just, I just couldn't handle it. And there's this one guy that was always confessing and repenting of pornography and they would pray for him and he'd come back every week. How was it? No, I felt every week he would fail. You know, that is so irresponsible. At this, you know, that's you, that's when you kick somebody out. You just don't, you just like, you know what? No, that's dangerous. Uh, but my point being There's no way I'm going to allow myself to cycle. And I know when the cycles are coming, man, and you got to stand firm. You got to break the cycles. You got, you know what I mean? There's just all this stuff. This is the stuff we talk about in the books. This is the stuff we talk about on this show, how to equip you to walk in obedience, to walk in faithfulness, to walk in God's blessing, covenant blessing, man, not, not, not how to get from you know, from disaster to disaster to disaster to disaster. That's not, that's not, that's not, 
that's not the life abundant that Messiah brought us and gave us. See, we're, we were talking about, remember the deficit, the tragic deficit of not believing that we're supposed, that we can be like Messiah and heal the sick and cast out demons, speak and tell all that stuff. You know, he says these things you will do in greater things. You know what? If you're not believing this, the supernatural stuff of, of faith and you don't believe the supernatural is for today, I guarantee you, you're not doing greater things than Messiah. <laughs> and I don't know what you're doing here. I don't know what it is that you're doing here. I don't know what you think it is that hey, you're involved with. You're you're on you're onto something. Uh, you're onto something. Rephrase that. Say that again. I don't know what you're doing here if you're not doing what it is you're supposed to be doing and how he says you're supposed to be doing it. Because this isn't a cool click to be in. Yep. One more time, you, you mentioned the word supernatural. If you're not right. believing in the if supernatural. If you're not doing the supernatural things of God, you're probably not doing greater things than Messiah or even up to par. And see, in, in the beginning, when you- That's really good. That's really good, dude. Yeah. So when you're, how many times have you, so I've been saying this a lot recently. Don't you remember that when you came to Jesus, when you came to salvation, the whole, the, the, the concept of, I'm going to give my life to Jesus, to Messiah, and I'm going to, right? Because you're supposed to be transformed into the likeness of Elohim's son. You're supposed to be transformed into the likeness of his son. Well, that's a spiritual process, and it's all about spirituality. And to be transformed into the likeness of Messiah means you're going to have to, what? Put on Messiah. Isn't that what Paul says? Yeah. That's 100% yeah, that spiritual. No, so if you believe in apostles truth. and prophets and speaking in tongues and the gifts of the Spirit manifest in today in 2021, I guarantee you, you're n you're not even in the game, man. Yeah, that signed up. That's really. Yeah, like, remember when? Remember when uh, Paul had Timothy was going? He was starting to hit his depressions, and he says, "Don't you remember when your grandmother and your yeah. relatives were praying with you? Wake up!" He went through the same thing. He says, "It's time. It's time." What were you going to say, Chris? Uh, the, the, the way you just said that, it might just be me, this was settling in a new way. I agree with you, but it was that was really well said. If, if, if he says, you will do greater things than this, and you say, manifestation of the gifts, healings, tongues, pro prophecy, that's not for today. How in, yes, how in the, then what is life by the Spirit? Like what are you like? What are you doing? It's really great. It's it, I'm re, I'm thinking of the verse in Jeremiah, the broken cisterns verse. You're not drinking the water. You're not drinking the water I'm giving you. You're drinking poisoned water essentially, and then you and then in the the poisoned water you're storing it in cisterns that won't even hold hold poisoned water. And I'm think I'm thinking of that that spiritual how you repair your cisterns, you build your cisterns how you pursue the living water that lets you remain in the vine is through these spiritual blessings, these gifts, the supernatural. Yeah. God is spirit and he's requiring us to worship him in spirit and in truth. If you're, if you don't, so I, I use the term speaking in tongues is the gateway gift. I don't know anybody that can heal the sick, cast out demons, raise the dead, or prophesy that doesn't speak in tongues. I've never met a single person that can do those things that doesn't also speak in tongues. And 
If you're balking, if you're straining on the gnat of speaking in tongues, which the majority of these people are, let alone apostles and prophets, I guarantee you, you're not doing the greater gifts. You're not, you're not even pursuing the greater gifts. I guarantee you, you're, you're walking in a deficit. And I don't understand why you would do that. Well, I do. It's called a religious spirit and you need to break away, you know, and, and especially if you're, if you're, if you're, if you're using being a Torah observer as an excuse, you literally have no understanding of what it is you're involved with. Until next week. You're listening to Chameleon Church. Biblical antidotes for the modern man. With your host, Ellen Aguirre. The views and opinions expressed during our broadcasts are solely those of the broadcast producers, hosts, and or guests, etc., and are not necessarily the views or opinions of the Travelog Network, its sponsors, or affiliates.